0: Good
1: morning. How are you doing?
0: Good.
1: Hey, it's good to see Danny back, isn't it?
0: Yay.
1: For those of you that don't know, Danny, uh, well, he's a cool dude. So if you're watching us online from a different state, you're missing out. So uh, would you stand with me? Let's begin worship singing our theme songs. with me. You are matchless in grace and mercy.
2: There's nowhere we can hide from your love.
0: You are steadfast,
1: never failing. You are faithful.
3: The craziness of life tires us through the year, and it can be easy to lose sight of how life can be so beautiful and grandiose. The season of Advent is one that brings new life to the world as the year comes to an end. Monotony, stress, frustration, and more loom over the air, but as we find ourselves in the midst of this waiting, this season of anticipation, my hope is that you can look up. When walking down the street on any normal day, I find myself looking at the ground as I take each step. As I hurry from class to work, work to dinner, dinner to meetings... I notice myself looking at the ground as I walk with my mind racing from thing to thing, and I find myself just trying to get through the day. This happens every single day. I don't know if it's just because I'm so focused on squeezing every ounce out of every day, adding more and more until I lose sight of the moment, or if it is just habitual, but I have noticed something unique in these last few months. There are days where I find myself noticeably more sick of the same old, same old status quo. It hit me one day on one of the first gorgeously cool days of fall, I realized I was missing something and I just felt like I needed to look up. In looking up, I got to see the vibrant colors of fall that caught my eye. I got to see people out and about laughing as I walked by. I got to feel the cool breeze nip at my nose and I noticed the way the fresh air made me feel and a smile spread across my face as my two ears slowly froze. By looking up, my perspective changed. Everything in my life stayed the same. I still had the same classes, the same job, the same dinner routine, the same meetings, but I decided to choose joy. I chose gladness that was not based on my circumstances. That is what I mean when I say my hope is for you to look up. 2020 has been a tremendously long whirlwind for all of us. We are exhausted from this new normal that came so abruptly and harshly, but we are still here. And whether we want Christmas or not, it is a chance to bring life and joy back into the picture. Christ is coming, and Christ is here, and his gift to us can be found in Scripture. First Peter 1 Peter 1.8 reads, Though so you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So today, I want to challenge you to look up, not just at the world around you, but far past to the one who is coming, the very one that is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Look up. And find his joy that exists in the beauty of his name. And he will bring you more gladness than you can ever imagine. Fall on your knees and thank God for everything in your life. Count your blessings. Rejoice in every circumstance. And above all, remember the miraculous gift that his life is. Life is beautiful. It is grandiose. And it is fleeting. His joy will keep your head up even when you feel like looking down. Let's put him back at the center of our lives and live this life more abundantly joy to the world for the lord is come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature will sing let's choose joy today Please join us in responsive reading.
2: This morning we light the candle of joy. Joy is deep and abiding, rich and rewarding. Joy is a well that does not run dry when trouble comes.
0: We seek joy joy in our our lives, lives. and we We seek seek to to share share joy with with those around us.
1: The siren song of our culture is consumption. Consume more and you will be fulfilled. Consume more, and you will be happy. Consume more, and you will have worth. When we allow ourselves to be entranced by this song, we will never find
4: true joy.
2: May we find contentment in what we have,
1: and may we view others as God's beloved children, so that we might know
2: Joy is found not in consuming more. Joy is found in a transformed life. This new life is one of generosity, compassion, and care for those around
0: us. May we feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and have compassion on all, so that we might know true joy. We are invited into this new way of doing, so we can become people
1: of joy. This doing involves sharing, giving, respecting, honoring, and caring for people around us. Joy comes when we hold what we have lightly, our possessions, our positions, our finances,
0: so we can give freely. Joy comes in truly showing love to the other. In May the light, light of, of joy consume our
1: hearts as we allow to transform us to generous people of joy. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with us?
2: Welcome to Rock and Roll Church. All right, I'll have you be seated, please? Uh, I'm a little too excited for prayer time now, right. but let's uh, let's pray together as we gather, and let's just uh, we gather to worship, we gather to just be with each other, and we gather to hear some good words this morning. Let's turn to Jesus now and just have a have a word, and, and really do your best to just empty yourself and listen to Him this morning. Father, we turn to you and we confess our need for you. And as we have less than two weeks before we celebrate your birth, Father, really instill in us what it means to have you do the just the weirdly strange thing of saying, hey, I'm going to come to you as you are. I, the creator of all things, I'm going to Come to you as a baby, helpless, not powerful, vulnerable. And Lord, I pray in these next two weeks that you really instill in us what it means for you to come and say, I want to connect with you the best way possible. I want to be just like you. I want to be hurt like you're hurt. I want to experience joy like you experience it you God the creator of all things said I am going to come to you to show you what it means to love and be loved and to serve so father it is still something that's such a mystery to me today but I pray that we might fully understand you better in this season of celebrating you coming as we are and that we might be able to share with someone who needs the good news of your love, of your sacrifice, of the great news of your salvation, that we might embody your love and just love those people during this season when I know your spirit is working in the hearts of those who don't even acknowledge you. So, Father, we, we humble ourselves before you. And we thank you for the love that you've shown us, continue to show us. And I pray, Father, that we might Just to hear more of you in our hearts this season. We praise you in all things. Amen.
1: It was my turn. Oh, y'all. Those Christmas hymns, man, they're hard. <laughs> I forget everything I'm doing after that. So, hey, uh, if I haven't had a chance to see you and say hi to you today, my name's Garen and I'm one of the pastors here. And alongside uh, four or five of my cronies, we are so thankful that we get to serve you and serve alongside you because we're all called to serve, right? Um, and Uh, In this time of year where it seems like, uh, for so many of us, peace is hard to find. What a beautiful time in our service to stop and pass the peace with each other. And uh, we, we call it passing the peace. I grew up, it was shake hands and meet and greet, and we call it all these different things. But at Port Orange Church, we've always wanted to be very intentional about the fact that we need peace with each other and we need peace with God. And so um, we're very intentional during this time. It doesn't mean that we don't ask, how are you are doing and what's going on? But it means that we always start from a place with, is everything good with us? Is everything good with you and God? And is everything good with me and God? Because that's how we live life together. That's the way that we're called to live. And so I am probably the first one to say this to you today, but hopefully I won't be the last one to say it. Um, may the peace of the Lord be with you today. Thank you. I'm so excited that we get to actually, you can stand up and go around and say hi to each other. We're going to turn the lights up and uh, you'll see something on the screen for you online, but I encourage you to tag someone um, and wish them peace online.
3: Does inviting neighbors to church make you feel like a blockhead? Does telling your co-workers about Jesus at Christmas make you want to curl up with a security blanket? Does bringing your extended family to a holiday service make you feel like you killed that little Christmas tree? Don't worry. Though it may be painful for a moment, it's good grief. This year, you could be the reason those you love discover what Christmas is all about. This holiday season, invite them to church
1: i don 't know if you saw that video. I know a lot of you were still talking and meeting, and that's awesome, but the whole point of it was this is a great time to invite your neighbor or your friend or your coworker to join you for a Christmas Eve service. Um, this is statistically this is one of the most um opportunistic times for you this is when the yes is the easiest because everybody remembers growing up and having christmas traditions and a lot of people grew up going to church on christmas eve and so this is the time if you ever thought about asking someone this is a great time to ask them and so that leads us to our first announcement Boop, christmas eve we are going to be having our service at six o'clock with hot cocoa at five thirty because who doesn't want hot cocoa when it's 85 degrees uh, no, I've talked with God. I asked him to turn down the temperature a little bit. And so I think it's going to be in the upper 60s. So that's definitely hot cocoa weather, right? I mean, that's that that's who are we kidding? It's always hot cocoa weather. Um, but this is a great chance we will have you in and out in an hour because we we want it to be something that you can go And you can relax, but we also know that many of you have things to do afterwards with family and extended family. and we got to hit this house and that house and say hi to everybody. And so we don't want to take up your whole Christmas Eve, but we would love to have you spend just 60 to 75 minutes with us and just really focusing on the birth of our Savior. And so Christmas Eve, I didn't put the date, but it's the 24th, in case you aren't aware, of December, December 24th at six o'clock. Our next thing is, oh, what did I say? Oh yeah, it worked out really well. So (laughs) next thing I want to remind you of, we are taking our Christmas offering all month. And this is a chance for us to give over and above what we give to the church so that we can bless other ministries. Uh, In the past, we've sent things overseas. We've sent things to church plants. We've sent things um, to uh, horizon elementary i think I think you bought a bunch of technology things. you had a big box of headphones and yeah things things like that we 've sent stuff to Sweetwater Elementary. We try to do things here locally and more globally, and we think that this is just a great time to open up your hearts and give a little bit more and so this isn 't giving to the church, this is giving to God. we are just going to be the through, to send it to something special. And so you can do that all the way through the month of December. I encourage you to pray about how God would have you participate. Uh, Don't just knee-jerk, come up with a number. I'm just going to give this. Ask God. He may have something different in mind. It may be more, it may be less, but um, I'd rather you have what God wants you to give than for you just to decide, I'll just do this. Really think about it and pray about it. Uh, The third thing is... We will be taking a Christmas Sabbath. A lot of churches do this um, to help with the rhythm of every Sunday. I don't know that you all know this, but we have between 15 and 25 people that help just to do this service from live stream to online pastoring, to sound, to media, to digital things, to music, to it's just a lot of stuff, and it's a good reminder that we all need a sabbath. And so I encourage you to find a church online. Um, I know like I my one of my accountability partners is Pete. Thrive is doing a sabbath as well. A lot of churches are doing this. But find a church online, we will also have a service showing online from our church if you want to go to our site or Facebook or YouTube. But it will be basically a recap of Matthew chapter 5 because in January, I'm so excited, we're starting Matthew chapter 6, the second of the trilogy chapters of the Sermon on the Mount. It sounds exciting when I call it a trilogy, doesn't it? Um, so this one is it's really good. And so we'll be starting that in January. So you may just say, I'm going to watch our service and worship again um, and remember Matthew five and get back in the mode of the sermon on the mountain, the words of Jesus. So I think that's, is that it for me? I think that's it. I'm going to stop talking. Jason, I think you're up.
2: (laughs) Good to have you back, Danny. Danny, you are just a walking encouragement or a sitting encouragement as well. So it's just good to have you back here. Uh, now, the time we have tithes and offerings, uh, you ever been to one of those churches where got the long baskets on the poles? Those are always fun. We'll do that some Sunday. Um, we've got boxes back there. I don't want to make a big spectacle out of it. But offerings are how we run the place, do a lot of ministries. But there are other offerings. As I know there were a few guys. Anybody up here yesterday trimming up the place, making it look good? I saw a few guys out here yesterday. Uh, had no clue what was going on. That is a good offering. I've got another guy in the church here who is offering up his house sometime soon to start a men's Bible study. There are many different offerings that you can offer your, what, your life to God to serve. And so as we offer up not just our money, let's look at our, our time, our talents, the way that we love people, our pies, all kinds of stuff. That wasn't a hint or anything. Anyway, let's let's uh let's just thank God for how he's blessed us and that he might multiply what we give to him. Father, you have blessed us more than we could ever imagine one by giving us the opportunity to live in a place where things come so easily to us. And so like those guys in the parable of the talents, moving us that we would Give freely back to you and invest those things so that you move in the world in a way that your kingdom is, is glorified, your kingdom is ushered in. And when your light might be spread in such a, an incredible way because we're no longer hiding the talents, the monies, the time, the love that you have invested into us. We praise you, Father, and we just look forward to you moving more and more through us, in us, and in the world around us. In your name, amen.
4: Go ahead and test this real quick. Test, test, test. Uh, testing, testing, testing. Uh, earlier, uh, I didn't have time to, uh, to test this, and uh, Dusty said, I, I don't know how loud you talk, so I don't know how much I'm going to have to adjust it. But I talk pretty loud. Good morning. Good morning. For those of you guys who don't know, my name is Justin. Uh, I'm the youth director here at Portland Church of Nazarene, and I have the honor, uh, Garen asked me to, uh, to preach this morning a while back actually. Uh, before I begin, I just want to say something real quick. Uh, I haven't seen Danny that much, so I, uh, I'm so glad he's here. For those of you guys don't know, Danny has been a pillar in this church. Uh, he helps us out so much with everything he, as far as custodial work, um, playing in the band, running CR on Tuesday nights, and just he does everything and more. And so uh, we're just so happy to see him, and, and he's such a joy. This week being joy, he's such a joy to see him. When I heard his voice earlier, I just wanted to run out and give him a big old hug. So, Danny, we're glad you're here. Um, but, Danny, I, I got I got to admit to you something. Um, I was uh, I, as Danny being a custodian, you know, custodian for the church as well, um, janitor. You know, I uh, I was using the restroom earlier, and uh, and I looked over to the right as you know I was finishing up, and there is a closet in the men's room. I don't know if there's one in the girls' room, but there's a closet in the men's room with a window in it, and in the closet. I'm telling you guys, for those of you guys you guys could stop by the bathroom on your way out, there is a window, and behind the window, there is a water heater, and in front of the water heater is a mop. Now, I know you guys are thinking, like, what what does it matter with the mop? But you guys know mops upside down, they look like people. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, if you take a mop, if you take a mop, you put it upside down, then, you know, back in the day, they looked like somebody or whatever. So I'm sitting there, and I look up, and I'm like, oh, and I was like, oh, it's a mop. So Danny, if you can, I know it's your first Sunday back, can you can you move the off a little? I was a little scared earlier. I was a little worried, I was a little worried. <laughs> no, guys, uh, you know. I'm glad you're here, Danny. Uh, but uh, you know, guys, Garen had asked me, uh he, he he emailed me a while back and uh he said, Hey, can you preach this this Sunday? And of course I didn't see it. I'm I'm a millennial so I don't I don't use email. You know, my job is always getting on me about it. Did you check your email? Did you check your email, you know? and uh and so garen texts me knowing me garen says hey did you get the email that you're supposed to preach in a few weeks it's on joy and i wrote garen back i said joy and he writes yeah are you going to preach it and, I, and and when i seen him later on i said i wrote you back joy because i'm like saying like yeah dude it's joy like what do you mean you know like it's it's a no brainer right um and so i you know i got to apologize because as as the weeks went by Uh, You know, I had my sermon already prepped joy. It's it's pretty simple and easy. Does everybody know what joy is? Everybody knows. I mean joy. It's it's pretty common, right? Everybody knows what it is And so I had it all figured out and for those of you guys don't know the way that I prepare my sermons is a little bit different I I don't I, I don't prep my sermon far in advance And then I don't do it with anything in life to tell you the truth if you ask my wife I don't prep anything in life in advance So i'm the kind of person that just gets it all in my head I marinate on it, and I think on it, and then all of a sudden, like a few days before the sermon, I get it all on paper, and it's like, it does me good every time so far. So far, it's always done me good, right? And so, I'm here, I'm marinating, I'm marinating, I'm marinating on what I'm going to preach on joy, and when I go to put it on paper, God just turned it all around. And I said, no, no, this isn't fair because you know this is the way that I, I always do it. This way, I, 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 I don't, I, I get, I let you speak with me, and then I put it on paper. And now you want to change it all up. So it's funny because uh, Pastor Jason sees me in the hallway today, and uh, he goes, "Hey, Justin, uh, do you want me to go back there and help you write up a sermon real quick?" And and Jason, you've seen the paper in my hand, right? Well, uh, you know, I told you no, that I didn't need some help, but I, uh, but I, I definitely did write up, uh, you know, a, a new. Uh, You know idea of what god had me, uh, you know wanting to preach this morning, but I want to start off Let me grab my phone here real quick I want to start off uh, with a definition of joy because you know This is what I thought I was going to be coming in this morning I mean garen said hey, can you preach on joy? I said, yeah, of course. It's joy. I was gonna stand up I was gonna say god bless you guys. Good morning. How's everything going? Joy In the dictionary a feeling of great pleasure and happiness and then we would have said the doxology, I would have dismissed you guys, and I would have said, go and be joyful. And that would have been a pretty good sermon, right? You know, a feeling of joy. I mean, that's what we all relate joy to, right? Just feeling good. It's, it's a great feeling, right? I mean, you know, it's when you feel happy. And if you're not feeling happy, then you're not feeling joyful. That's the way that we really measure our joy, that we, that we have joy, that we would define joy. And so I said, well, how do I really preach on that? I mean, everybody knows what joy is. And so I want to bring us, I want to open up the word. I got this old school. I mean, this is old school. I, got the, no, I don't got the iPad with me. I got the Bible, some chicken scratch on a piece of paper. Uh, Garen's prayer this morning at band practice was the best. He's already laughing because he knows what I'm going to say. He said, guys, let's pray before band practice. Dear Lord, I don't even know what word he use. But he said, dear Lord, help Justin not preach bad this morning. Amen. <laughs> and every time he throws a joke out, I always go. You know, so right there at band practice, he said it right. He said it right. And so uh, we're going to read the scripture for this morning. Uh, it is found in Luke chapter 3. If you guys have your Bibles on your phone or uh, it should be pulling up on the screen here. Do you add it in there, Garen? Good. Nice. So, uh, yeah, Luke chapter three, verse seven to 18. And if you guys are going with us in the uh, in the Bible study on uh, uh on Wednesday nights, you'll see that this is the, the scripture that they use here. Uh, Luke. Chapter three, verse seven to 18. Uh, and here's the verse that we have on joy. He said, therefore, To the crowds. I'm going to actually read it from here. It says, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Then someone, then Some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? I think we skipped a little spot. Let me see here. Give me a second. The crowds asked him, what should we do? Tax collectors also came and baptized and said, teacher, what should we do? And he said, collect no more than you are authorized to do so. Soldiers also asked him, "And and what shall we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation. And be content with your wages. As the, people were, as the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The straps of those sandals I am, un, I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, the winnowing forks in his hand, to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached the good news to the people. Let's pray. Father, as a great man once said, Lord, help me not to preach bad this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't it funny how this scripture that we start with this morning on joy, it is John the Baptist as people are coming to get baptized. I mean, you would think that we would all, if I said, hey guys, we have a group of people coming to get baptized this morning. We would all we would all shout, hoot, holler. And when they come walk through the door, we'd have a big old sign, welcome. John says, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from hell? You brood of vipers. John goes to them. He says, I mean, you know, I don't know all the translations of you brood of vipers, but I'm I'm being honest with you guys. It doesn't sound nice. And that's what we start with. You brood of vipers. It's a weird spot for John to start, uh, especially for this week as we dive into joy. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we know what joy feels like we, we understand you know what joy is i mean even the littlest child in here if they don't know the definition of joy they feel it in their hearts and minds i mean if you've seen my kids we could be going through the worst situation like a flat tire or something like that and they'll just be in the car like "Woo! this is fun the cars are going by so they they know joy but this is where god turned it around for me especially this week is as i I prepared a message to tell you guys what joy is god said no 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 no. i want you because i could tell you guys go and be joyful you know go and have a nice week and be joyful because you guys know what it feels like right i don't need to preach to you guys to feel like joy because you know it already i could tell you go and be joyful but you see god said but justin where does joy start where does joy start You see, if I asked you guys, raise your hand if you want to feel joyful this week. Everybody would raise their hand. I want to feel joyful this week. This week I want to feel with joy. But if I also said, you don't have to really show your hands, but if I said, this past week, if you feel that your joy has been stripped from you at any time, raise your hand. I guarantee you half, if not more, of the church would raise their hand and say, I feel like my joy has been stripped from me this past week. There's some people in this place this morning that might even say, I feel like this past month, I feel like this year, I feel like this last two years, my joy has been stripped from me. And and, and I understand, Justin, what joy feels like. And I get it if you tell me, go and have a joyful week. But I, it's not that easy. It's not. It's easier. What is it? It's easier said than done. Be joyful. Just go do it. Have fun. Good week. Thanks for coming. Right. But it it would be to no point if I didn't if we didn't dive into the word and we've seen where joy came from, because that. In the midst of trial times or whatever it is that we might be going through, we could always go back to the beginning and say, I know how to get there. I might not be there, but I know how to get there. And so that's the plan. For this weekend. so we have to go back in time just a little bit. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter three. If you have your Bibles with you. I always I try not to put um, bookmarks in my Bible because, you know, sometimes if like the pastor has like a bookmark, then like he just flips it automatically and I'm not even there yet. So if I don't have a bookmark, then it takes me some time to get there. And then you guys have time to get there as well, too. We're in Matthew chapter three. And, and if you look here, uh, you know, Matthew chapter 3 is titled, uh, John the Baptist Prepares the Way. And this is in correlation here with, with Luke chapter 3 where John goes on and he begins his ministry uh, telling the people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, and then if you go down, we're not going to read here just yet, but I just want to give you a little, I want to catch you up to speed before we get on to reading. So in the beginning of uh, John, uh, Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist is preparing the way. He's letting the people repent for the kingdom of heaven is near uh, again. And then it goes down here to verse 13 where it's titled the baptism of Jesus Christ. So John then baptizes Jesus. He then goes into the wilderness to be tempted in chapter 4. And Jesus begins his ministry. If you guys have your Bible with you, you'll see that in, that that title there in chapter 12 Matthew chapter 4 in verse 12 it is titled Jesus begins his ministry so we have John beginning his ministry repent for the kingdom of heaven is near he then baptizes many people and Jesus and then he go then Jesus is beginning his ministry and in verse 17 Jesus goes on to begin his ministry and this is what it says from that time on Jesus began to preach saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand Similar to the same words that John began to preach. And so when we look and we see, okay, John in Luke chapter 3, when he meets these people, he's saying, you brood of vipers, on this joyful sermon this morning, repent. And if you look back and you say, okay, well, where did John get that from? Well, we see that John is getting that from Jesus. Because when Jesus starts his ministry, Jesus is saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And so you have to question yourself if these gentlemen who were all about peace, hope, joy, they begin their ministries at the starting point, And at the starting point, we have that word repent. Now, some of you guys might think to yourselves, I know exactly what that is. That's where you, you know, you, you got to go. You, you know, maybe some, some people it's at the altar, right? Some people it's, you know, it's, you know, in their little room, you know, where the guy's on the other side and you're, you know, confessing, you know, your sins to them. And then they tell you how many, you know, what is it? You guys know what I'm talking about? hill marys Did they go on this how many hill marys you need to say but but i want to explain to you guys just a little bit about that word repentance and what it truly means okay because we throw it around kind of like if we already know the meaning of it but that word repent it is the act of turning away from and so when john the baptist comes and jesus comes and they say repent for the kingdom of heaven is near what they are saying is you are heading this way And I want you to turn away from and head towards Jesus Christ. Turn away from your temporary joys. Turn away from your joy found in money. Your joy found in your status. Your joy found in the car that you drive. Turn away from the joy that you find in comfort of life. You, you have you have things that you like and things that you need and things that you want. And then you also got some saved away and that's pretty joyful for you. But turn away from those things because they only provide temporary joy and turn to the true father. And so. As we see where Jesus begins to speak. Repent. John begins to speak repent before we step into this life of joy We have to go even further back real quick, if you guys don't mind. In Matthew chapter one, I just I I really you know, this is the part where I was getting this morning because I knew I said, okay, this morning, I know where I'm going with the message. Now that God has told me, you know, hey, I don't want you to just tell them how happy, how happy, joyful, uh, joyful life is. I want you to tell them that it is not all feelings. It's not all peaches and cream. It starts somewhere. And that somewhere is not what you would seem to be where joy would start right you would think that joy would start with a gift or something like that but here we see that joy is starting with repentance and then this morning he said well go even further back than that justin why do they need to repent what is the purpose of it and that's found in matthew chapter one and if you're if you're there if you go down to verse 18 you'll see that it's titled the birth of jesus It talks about the the story of Mary where, you know, she's a virgin. She says, hey, I'm pregnant. Uh, And then, you know, her husband is thinking to himself, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to divorce you because there's no way that you're pregnant and you're a virgin. Uh, But then an angel comes. An angel comes to Joseph. And in verse 21, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of joy. The angel tells Joseph joseph she will bear a son well he goes on to tell him hey listen don't leave her you know what she has is from the holy spirit and don't worry she didn't go cheating on you but the angel says she will give birth to a son and you shall call him jesus for he will save his people from their sins you see, when you look at John's beginning, repent, Jesus' beginning, repent. Well, what do you mean repent? Well, there's the, there it is right there. The purpose of Jesus Christ, the joyful king, his whole purpose on earth was to save us from our sins. To save us from this wretched state that, we, that we're born in, where, you know, Paul describes it so clearly, Where he says, the things that I don't want to do, I keep doing these things. And the things that I do want to do, well, I just don't do them all the time. I mean, let me repeat that for you. Paul says, the things that I don't want to do, those things I still keep doing. I don't want to do them, but I just keep doing them. But I really don't want to do them. And the good that I want to do and that I ought to do, that just can't get done. Has anybody been in that situation before? Like, does that strike the heart just a little bit? Are you ever in a spot in your life that you could say, man, I don't want to keep doing this, but I just keep doing it. But I really don't. I promise you. I, I, I don't want to keep walking away from God. I don't want to keep turning away from his ways. I don't want to keep forgetting to pray to him. And I don't want to keep forgetting to read my Bible, but I just keep doing it. Well, Paul goes on and he says, who could save me from this? Who could save me from this this life of turning away from Jesus constantly? And he says, thanks be to God. You see, church, this morning, the message of joy is where it starts. And true joy is birthed out of repentance. So many times we are so, we, we shy away from conviction. Do you guys know what conviction is? It's, it's, Maybe when you've done something wrong and you feel it in your heart, you're just like, oh, I just feel real bad. That's conviction. But the problem that we have as, as, as humans today is we don't want to tell anybody how we feel, especially if it's bad. Like if I'm feeling bad for something that I did, I don't want to let nobody know. I'm like, I'm just going to come up here, smile. And, and you guys could hear me and, and, and you guys could see me and i'm going to come to church and wave and shake your hands Right, and this is what we all do, but we don't want to tell anybody that we're struggling We don't want to tell anybody what we're going through or what we can be going through in our lives When somebody says how you doing we say good i'm doing fine That's the perception that I want. I want you to, to, to think that i'm fine So we don't want to share with one another how we feel But you see that's not the way that jesus has it And and we're going to find that here In Second Corinthians, if you have your Bible with you, turn with me. Second Corinthians, Chapter Seven. Second Corinthians, Chapter Seven. Chapter 7, verse 2. Does anybody see the title there? Paul's Joy. Paul's Joy. You see, Paul goes on and he begins to rebuke those around him. He begins to say, hey, listen, guys, you know, what you're doing is not right. And there's more to this Jesus Christ than what you think. And some of them, they're feeling a little bad because they realize, man, there's some cleaning up that I need to get done in my life. And and, and joy is not just the end result of what I see in other people's lives. Right. A lot of times, you know, I'll see somebody really happy and I'll say, I want that. And that's what I need to feel. And that's what I need to have. But then we don't know how they got there. And so Paul describes it perfectly here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, we're going to start here at verse 8. Paul states, he says, For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I, do, though I did regret it, for I see that my letter has grieved you. Though only for a while, as it is, I rejoice. Not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret whereas worldly grief produces death for see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you But also what earnestness to clear yourself, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point, you were proved yourself innocent in this matter. You see, this message of joy through a baby is the purpose for this baby. Jesus' purpose in our lives is that he was born of a Virgin Mary. They gave him the name Jesus Christ and he was to save his people from their sins. But there's one way that we do that. It is through repentance. And through repentance, godly sorrow, through God's conviction in our lives, through his, him rebuking us. We don't like it all the time. We don't like it all the time when God rebukes us. But do you know that in the Bible, the word says, I rebuke those who I love? And yet we shy away from him rebuking us. When we feel bad inside, we say, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. But yet God says, I rebuke those who I love. If I'm correcting you, it's because I love you and I care for you and I want you to turn your life around and so when you begin to live this life of repentance Of turning away from your wicked ways. There is a transformation that begins to happen in your life The god that we serve this morning church is a god that is continuously transforming your life Your life is continuously getting better and better for god and he's continuously Speaking to your heart You know some people think like hey once we justin how was it was it? You said the prayer, and then after you said the prayer, you're just good, everything's fine? No. Ask my wife. i got to say sorry sometimes. I'm not good at it, but I have to say it sometimes. But it has produced a life in me that is continuously being transformed through God's grace in my life. And living that life of transformation, of continuous transformation, and continuing of turning away from any wicked way that comes my way, That is where true joy is birthed out of a repented heart, out of a confessed heart. Folks, this morning, there is a joy. Do you hear what we say? Joy to the world. Right. And then what does it say? Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. Well, the only way that you can prepare him room is if you get some stuff out of there. We got so much stuff in our heart, and it's like, we, I want joy in here. Car, money, clothes, status. And then all of a sudden, you have all that stuff, and you're like, ooh, but I'm still not that happy. But when you're in the, when in the middle of getting it, you know, that's when you're happy, right? But then it's just a temporary joy. Wealth, greed, lust. We put all that in our heart. But the song says it right there, joy to the world. Let every heart... Prepare him room. you got to get some stuff out. And I'll tell you right now, there's never a time to get, there's never a time where you're done getting stuff out. And you're filling him up in there and getting him filled up. And so there's so many times, you know, there's so many times where the church is running away from this introduction to true joy in our hearts that we don't even do it as, as, as often as, as we normally probably should. Most of the, you know, back in the days when when revival was, rampant and god's grace was over the towns and the cities and he was changing everything around everybody do you know that an open altar was just something so like it was like normal you would go to the church and you'd find somebody sitting at an altar getting right with god and then there was at the end of each sermon there was a, a an altar call right where where they would say hey church get up and if anybody feels a need that god's tugging on their heart Go and get, get right with him or whatever the case is. If you got something that you need to give to him, if you got something you got to empty out of your heart, whether it's, you know, whatever it is that you might have, I don't even want to mention something because that's between you and God. But so many times we'll come here on a Sunday morning. Garen will preach a sermon. And we'll say, ooh, that hurts. Man, that's hitting me right where it's at. Like, I feel that. And then, But then we shy away from it. He, he ain't talking to me, though. He's not talking to me. And then we sing the doxology and we head on our way out and and we we shy away from it. But I want to give you guys the opportunity this morning. And so if you would, could you stand with me? I want to give you the opportunity, wherever it is that you are in your life. Listen, I don't want you to think to yourself, well, if I I don't have joy, uh, then I just might not be a Christian. That's 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 not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you found yourself this season... To have lost the true meaning of joy, I know where the starting line is. I know that. I know that much. God will will guide you the rest of the way, but I know where the starting line is. And people today in this world, outside of these buildings, they don't understand that. Just like I didn't understand it for a moment. Where when Garen said, listen, Justin, I need you to preach on joy, I said, yeah, I'm a pretty joyful kind of guy. Would you you say, Jill's? I'm a pretty happy kind of guy. So I said, I'm the best dude to preach this, you know, sermon. Joy, guys, let me tell you how I feel, you know. But God had something else in store. He said, really, is that it? That's all you, 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 you chalked it up to was a feeling? You know, how did you get there? How do you stay there? Where do you, how do you get back to it if you've lost it? And he said, it's from the beginning, man. You don't hear that after all this joy that, that you hear in the Bible, at the very beginning, though, what was brought was come to Jesus, come lay it at his feet, and there's never a time that we should stop doing it. Daily, I die to Christ. Daily, I give my life to him. Daily, I carry my cross. Daily, we care for one another. Daily, we tur- I turn down the, world's, the evil that the world has to offer. And when we do that as a church, as a body of Jesus Christ, then we say, man, life's pretty good. Not because I don't have all the things that I wish that I had, but because I know who I have in Jesus Christ. I know whom I serve. And so I want to give you guys this opportunity. Uh, Dusty, I don't know if you could play a little song or something. Can you ever play some music in the background? Just to kill the silence a little bit. Dusty's going to play a song here for us. And, um, okay, Garrett's going to get up there. He's going to noodle away. But, guys, close your eyes if you will. I want to give you guys the opportunity, the church the opportunity, to come to Jesus. If you find yourself at a spot in your life where you say, man, not feeling it maybe you are still feeling it you're like well you know what this is a life to live it's a life the life of a christian is a continuous life of laying things down at Jesus' feet i want to give you that opportunity this morning and so however you feel comfortable if some of you guys want to make your way to the altar now is the time if you want to have a seat there where you're sitting you can if you want to stand whatever it is whatever position you want to get yourself in to meet with jesus but i want to remind you You know, there's no special magic that happens at these altars, but I'll tell you what. If you get to Jesus' feet, he'll show up. Lord, help us to remember the true meaning for this season. Lord, that as we go on these, these past few weeks, Lord, and we, and we learn about hope and peace and joy, Lord, that we don't chalk it up to just a couple feelings that we could feel. Oh, I feel hopeful and I feel that peace and I feel joyful. But, Lord, that we would know where it comes from. It comes from a heart that prepares room for you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning over Port Orange Church of the Nazarene, Lord, that we would begin to make room in our hearts for you. And, Lord, even if we sit there and we say, well, I've already had that, Lord, that we would make even more room for you. Father, that we would allow you to have your way in our lives and in our hearts. Lord, that we would understand that even though we might feel bad for a moment, there is true joy in repentance. There is true joy in confession. We might think to ourselves, well, well, Lord, if I come to you now... What if pastor sees it? And and, and what if my family and friends judge me for it? But this is a glorious day. This is a glorious morning, Lord, to come to you. This is one of the best things that we could ever do, Lord, is to give you our lives and our hearts. Father, one day, you're going to come back for us. And when we see you, Lord, face to face, and you say, how do you explain your life, Lord? I want to be there saying, because of you, I gave it all to you, Lord. All to Jesus, I surrender. Lord, I hope that we don't get there that day and we say, but Lord, I I, I was worried what my wife would think of me if I came to you. I was worried what my kids would think if, if they knew that I had some cleaning up to do. Or what my friends and family would think or what pastor would think if I had to take care of something with you. Because, Lord, you would look at us and you'd say, well, where are they now? It's just you and me. You know, there is. There's a warning in joy in this sermon of joy. But, Lord, most of all, if we, if we heed it and we, and we listen to it, Father, that is where we'll find. Hmm. Garen, can you can you just can you sing that verse? I surrender up? And with that, we'll finish up. But, uh, may we sing it with our hearts this morning, church.
1: Have a seat, and we're almost through. But we come to the table, the table of great Thanksgiving, the table of joy, and so we celebrate today. If you uh, would like to partake with us, and you didn't get one of your ele- your elements uh, there in the back, feel free to walk back there and grab those right now. Joy, I. I- I can't think of a better thing to do in the service than to celebrate at the table on a Sunday where we're talking about joy, right? Um, So you can, I encourage you always get the bread first. It's a lot less messy. Mm. Hmm. I missed two years ago when we had fresh bread. Soon. Uh, I think about joy and goodness some of the times when I've been most joyful there's it's been during these times of these unexpected twists has that ever happened to you something you didn't think was going to happen and what um, or something that was so much better than you could have ever hoped for or, or you know those are times of joy and and I I, I think of joy time when Jesus sat with his disciples and and he had this ultimate unexpected twist where it was like, okay, we celebrate every year to remember this joyous occasion where we were delivered from slavery, where we would, were delivered from the hand of Pharaoh, where we were mightily brought out of Egypt and God did something that only God could do and Well, I mean, you've got Miriam's song. Sing to Yahweh for he's triumphed victoriously. The horse and the carriage he's thrown into the sea. I mean, this was a joyful occasion. And then this unexpected twist where Jesus says, oh, you thought that was joyful. It's about to get real. (laughs) And he says "This, this bread, this bread which represented something else, There's now an unexpected twist, and this bread in just a few short hours is going to represent my body, which will be broken for you. So he held up the bread and he blessed it, and he said, Take, eat, and be thankful. And in the same way, he lifted up the cup. And he said, This cup is the sign of the new covenant. I say this a lot, but man, that word new changes everything, doesn't it? Our God is a God of the new, and that should bring joy. He said, This cup represents where it once represented the blood of the Passover lamb, where God saved you from death because you had the blood of the lamb on your doorposts. There is a new lamb a new pascal lamb that will be shed in just a few short hours and this blood represents or this cup represents my blood which will be shed for you for the forgiveness of sins for the forgiveness of your sins my sins so take drink and be thankful joy to the world you've come Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for the words today that you've given through your servant, Justin. I pray that you'll help us to live with repentant hearts. I pray that you'll help us to not see the altars as places of shame, but as places of liberation, that you'll help us to not see times of repentance and convictions as things to dread, but as opportunities for transformation and that brings joy every time we are transformed a little bit more into your image thank you for the words today i pray that you'll be with us be glorified thank you for what you did on the cross thank you for being the perfect sacrifice and because of you We live, and we have joy, unspeakable joy. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name, our risen Savior, amen. Will you stand with me? If you're visiting with us, we sing our doxology. Um, If you're not familiar, a doxology is a blessing or a benediction or a hey, it's time to go eat type of thing, and we sing it. So if you know it, sing it with us, and if you don't know it, just listen and receive it. Um, Sing with me. We sing hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Go this week living in his joy. We'll see you next Sunday.